Merry Christmas to you at home. I'm not talking to you guys yet. I'm talking to these people at home. Who do I see there? They're very sociable. That was fun, chasing Henry around during that. Good evening. Really hard to say good evening when 52 weeks a year you say good morning. (laughs) It's actually harder than it looks. All right, everybody, how's it going? Good evening. Merry Christmas. Welcome to New Hope Community Church. All right, so let's ask the question again. How can you be ready to say yes when God asks you to do something? Do you remember what Amy said? Nobody remembers what Amy said? Oh, you couldn't hear her. What, am I doing? What? Be a good listener. Be a good listener. I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. I thought, I thought Colin was like, I can't hear you. Like, I'm talking pretty loud. <laughs> anyway, yes, be a good listener. Be a good listener. So keep that in mind as we go through the sermon. Let me, uh, children's sermons are, are never just for kids. But, but what does that have to do with Christmas? We closed the sermon last week with a quote from uh, a guy named Brian Zond, who's a pastor in the Midwest, and he, says that, he said that Christ is not just born in the beautiful places of our lives, as if we live in some idyllic bubble of a snow globe. No, Christ is also born in the war-torn places of our lives, places of turmoil, places of chaos. Jesus was not born into a fairy tale. He was born into the world as it is. And that world is often very dark. So it's Christmas Eve, and you've likely heard the tales of a child uh, born to a virgin on that most holy night in Bethlehem. You've heard stories of a young couple and a manger and shepherds and angels and singing and peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Those stories come from um, the books of Matthew and Luke, but, but, but John, who offers a, a, a different a biography of Jesus' life in the New Testament, John tells the story in a much different way. And I want us to lean into that tonight. I want you to imagine, though, that you're there. And you've watched the scene unfold. You see, you see Mary there holding the newborn Jesus. Joseph is, is kind of making sure her and the baby is, are comfortable, or at least as, as comfortable as you can be in such like squalor. It's hard to take your eyes off of it because this is surely a, a mir- miraculous night. But then, as you kind of standing off to the side, for some reason, you begin to look up into the night sky, and in the cool, crisp night of a backwoods town away from light pollution, you, you take a moment to consider the stars. You consider the vastness of our universe, and you wonder what this miracle in the sky has to do with this miracle in the manger. And as Jesus sits there on a nearby hill, still gazing in, you're still gazing into the stars on this silent night. And, and that is, John has you exactly where he wants you in that moment. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you. You see, I believe that the way that we can be ready to say yes to God, the way that we can respond and be a good listener uh, in the silence or even in the noise, um, is by following closely and watching and, and reading, looking at what it was that Jesus actually said yes to. The best way that we can do that, I think, is to study the life that he lived. Now, as you know, um, there are, like I said before, there's, there's four biographies. We could call them biographies. We, we often call them gospels of the life of Jesus in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I love that there's four of them, by the way, because what we see is we see Jesus from four perspectives, and those perspectives don't conflict, not on anything major anyway, but they all, and they all basically tell the same story, but, but it's as if we hear from the four Gospels, we hear the story of, of Jesus' life um, in surround sound. Uh, we are invited then to consider like the various roles that Jesus held. Jesus is our priest, and he's our pastor, and he's our rabbi, and he's our teacher. He's our shepherd, and he's our king, and he's our lord, and he's our savior, and he's our redeemer, and he's our friend. And the books of Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke, they all tell the story in a similar way, but, but, but John, John, on that silent night, he's, he's telling you this story. Um, John is a horse of a different color. It's been said that John has been likened to a stream in which a child can wade, but an elephant can swim. It's a book that we often use to introduce Jesus uh, to newcomers to the faith, but it's also a book that is perplexed like even the sharpest biblical PhDs in the world. In the quiet of that silent night, John, he begins to tell us of the story in a much different way as we look into the stars. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, not anything was made that was made. So John knew right where to start, right? The beginning. And he, he wants you to be thinking about how in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And how did God create the heavens and the earth? He created them through command, through his voice, through his word. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let us create humanity in our image, and it was so. God spoke that it wasn't good that we should be alone, and then God created relationship. God created community. God created family. These are the things that John wants us to be looking, uh, thinking about. As you, those thoughts swim around your head, now John introduces a new concept. It's one that, that might be familiar to those who have studied philosophy. It's the Greek concept of logos. That's the word that's translated into English as word. In the beginning was the logos. Philosophically, logos is, a, is, a, is an impersonal word, but John, John's doing something crazy with it. He says, in the beginning, the logos was, was with God and the logos was God. Philosophically, logos is used to, to speak about expression and order and thought and reason. It's where we get the term logic, but here, John is using the term to associate it with none other than God himself. 
divine self-expression and speech. Let there be light. God speaks. Are we a good listener? This is the power that created the universe, that shaped the galaxies. We see here that God's word is effective. God's word is dynamic, but it's also intensely personal. We hear that the Logos wasn't just a what. The Logos was a who. It was a him. I once heard someone preach on this passage, and they called it, In the Beginning, Part Two. This time, it's personal. We're told that all things were made through him. Not one thing came into existence without him. Not one star is hanging in that sky without his say-so. John has already positioned God as not a far-off, distant God that's uninterested in the the, the dealings of of humanity, but, but no, one who is intimately involved, intimately involved in every aspect of his created order. John continues. In him was life, in the word was life, and the life was the light to all people. Now the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, does not overcome it. Now, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is a little confusing. John the Baptist, not John the author. There was a man sent from God whose name was John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He, he wasn't the light. But he came to bear witness about the light. And we're going to talk more about John the Baptist on Sunday. John the Baptist is saying, hey, I'm not the guy. I just point to the guy. Wars have been fought because people couldn't tell the difference between religious leaders and God. Wars have been fought because religious leaders positioned themselves as the mouth of God. But John the Baptist, John the Baptist positions himself in a way that's that says, I'm not the guy, and when he gets here, you ain't seen nothing yet. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people didn't receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of will of the flesh, nor will of man, but but of God, born of God. So in this creative, effective, personal, dynamic logos was pure, undiluted life. And this life is the light to all. I mean, you turn on a light switch in a pitch black room and the darkness doesn't stand a chance, but sadly, many have chosen to keep their eyes shut even though the light is on. John the Baptist came to prepare the way. He came to tell people, turn on the lights. Like the Old Testament prophets like Daniel and Zephaniah and Micah, he came to wake people up. Open your eyes, friends, and see that God is on the move. When you do that and you follow the only path worth following, you will be invited to become a child of God. Not because you were born into the right family, not because you earned your way with, into God's good graces, and certainly not because some religious person like myself told you that you were now in the God Club. No, when you open your eyes, you'll realize it was God himself who was chasing you down the whole time, like a shepherd who had lost a sheep or a father who was waiting for his lost son to come home. 
In this, it is this creative, effective, dynamic, personal, light and life defining divine being whom John references when he uses that term logos. In the beginning was the word. And now we come to it, Christmas fans. And the word, <laughs> this effective, dynamic, personal, light and life expression, divine expression, this word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory as of the only son of the father full of grace full of truth grace and truth think about that does anybody here need grace and truth maybe you need truth maybe you need grace but who who here thinks gosh i could really use the double dose of both grace and truth that's what jesus came to bring john the baptist even once quipped he says guys i'm preparing the way for the, for the one who was here long before i was for from his fullness john the writer says from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace for the law was given through Moses, you know the law, but, but grace and truth, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one's ever seen God, the only God who's at the Father's side, but, but he has made him known. So there it is. You can know, now kind of lower your head back down as you've been thinking about the big picture that's in front of you. You can lower your head back down to the manger and look deeply at this sleeping child because in this Jesus dwells the very presence of God himself, God in our midst, and he is mighty to save. For unto you this day in Bethlehem, the city of David, is born a new king, the son of God, the son of man, the Messiah, Christ the Lord, fully God and fully man, without division, change, confusion, or separation. How can that be, you ask? How can this child be, be entirely man and entirely God? Because, you know, you can't be entirely an apple and entirely an orange, right? No, you can't. But when you're talking about heaven and earth, when you're talking about God and humanity, you are talking about two things that were never supposed to be separate. There is a reason why John started the book with a reference, with referencing the creation story. The mystery of Christmas, the mystery of that child there in the manger, is that in Jesus, God was starting a whole new creation. He was redeeming what had came before, reconciling it back to himself, but he was always pointing it toward eternal life. Therefore, friends, from the fullness of the holy God of the cosmos, we have received by way of a baby in the manger, grace upon grace, God's overwhelming, never-ending, reckless, unmerited favor and love for us. So I invite you to join us in the, in the coming weeks, in the next uh, coming, coming months, I'm sorry, as we're, we're going to work through this Gospel of John. You know, Good Friday is 16 weeks from tonight. It's, it's going to be here before you know it. We're going to spend time looking at Jesus. We're going to spend time thinking about how he lived, 
Um, we're going to hear him call us to be good listeners, uh, calling us to obey, and um, we're going to hear what he says about how we should live on this world. In this world, if Christ came to a, the war-torn places of our lives, um, he is calling us to do the same in this world. He's calling us to respond to the idolatry and injustice of this world with a call to love God and love our neighbors with a sacrificial love that he modeled for us himself by going to the cross and to die for the sins of humanity. Remember that in Christ, exile is over. In Christ, heaven and earth are one. In Christ, God is remaking the cosmos in the image of his son. In Christ, we are invited to be a part of the new creation, resurrected from the grave and born again. Jesus, Jesus is the king of kings, and Jesus is interested in making all things new. That is why Christmas is important. Let me pray for us. Father, the mystery of um, the Christmas story, this Christmas narrative, um, there's something that is, um, that is daunting about it. There's something that doesn't make sense. Why, why would the God of the universe put on the flesh and, and come to his people in, by way of a, of a baby in a manger? But Father, we, we see that um, as the beginning, uh, as, as the way really, has, as it's always been and the way it always will be, that, that, that you will go to, you will go to unbelievable lengths to reach us, to speak to us, to help um, remind us that you are there, that you are not silent, that you are interested in us following you because in you is the way of life eternal. Father, we give this night to you. Um, I uh, just pray for the families here gathered and, and for everyone that's here that, 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 um, that when they leave this place, they go and find joy and peace and hope and love and family and uh, laughter. Father, we pray for this as we celebrate your son, our King of Kings, who has come. Amen.